Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. Is it three in a row? Uh, might be. I wasn't counting. Oh, three's not very high. It, it could be three in a row. Woot. Yeah, actually, it kind of was, because we did, we did New Year's, we did it after that. We didn't do Christmas, we skipped that one. Right. So, yeah, this would, this would be the third one. Hey. Given how 2020 was, three in a row is a big deal. Yeah, it kind of is for us this year. <laughs> we should celebrate. You know how we should celebrate? Um, no. Well, we should celebrate by having our third member join our show. Hello. <laughs> uh, okay. This episode is now um, not just a bloke and a bird show. It's a bloke. A bird and a boy show. See? We'll see how well it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a test driving. This is We're a workshopping tri- it. This is a We're trial period. We are not sure this is going to stick, but we'll see how it goes. They're interviewing several different kids over these <laughs> next two episodes, so um, I'm there first. <laughs> well, that's the problem is... We're interviewing, we're open auditions for the boys' role. We could replace him as both our son and as a podcast member. Let's let's get one who, who does something more than just spend his whole day on the couch. Yeah, we need to discuss the imprint in the couch. <laughs> I have no idea what you're even talking about. That's ah, because you don't have eyes in your butt. Um, anyway... There is speaking fo- speaking of leaving imprints in the couch. Okay. <laughs> Segway 101. Okay. Charles Leclerc has announced <laughs> this week that he has tested positive for COVID-19. That's the segue you used for I did because he is now quarantined in a hotel room. Well, actually no, he's self-isolating quarantined in Monaco. Oh, cuz that's going to be rough. Well, yeah, but you know, n- n- you know, he 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 is leaving an imprint on his own couch now. Oh wait, he's See? probably like doing all of the e-race sports events and well, yeah, probably twitching them and doing whatnot with his buddies Lando and George. Well, see, that's the thing is Lando, on the other hand, doesn't get that opportunity because Lando tested positive in Dubai. So he's still stuck in Dubai. So he's stuck in Dubai. And my understanding is the way the rules work right now is not only is he stuck in Dubai and in quarantine there for 10 days, but because of the current travel restrictions that are in place in the UK, once he returns to the UK, he's got another 14 days of quarantine to sit through. That sounds like fun. (laughs) I'm I'm not so sure about that with the season coming up. So he he was in Dubai for two things. Lando Norris, and we're, we're talking about at this point, since we have now pivoted off of <laughs> Charles Leclerc, who was really what the story was about. Focus. But Lando Norris, he was there. He was in Dubai, not just for vacation, but it was vacation before doing a training camp. Okay. So now, and, and I don't know how the timing was supposed to work. I'm assuming that the start of that training camp is now delayed because, you know, he's got 10 days in quarantine, which he should be coming out of, I think, Wednesday of this week. Okay. But we're still ahead of testing. Mm -hmm. And testing has been moved. We'll get to that next. So in In a bit. In theory, Lando could go from his 10-day quarantine into the training camp and then straight into testing. He He may not go home. The thing is, he may not, just may not go home. Well, yes. However, it also means that the technical preps and stuff that need to get, you know, if they need to do a seat fitting, if there's things that need to happen for the 2020, to prep him for the 2021 car that he needs to be at the factory for can't do that right now. Well, the good news he, is they he will, can't do that for almost a month. The good news is they will just have to bring those parts to testing. And so he can sit in the bucket in testing. 
Possibly. Or he could be just told he cannot change his butt shape and therefore he has to use last year's seat. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Okay, so Charles. So Charles, um, he says that uh, he tested positive for COVID-19, regularly checked according to the team's protocols, and learned that he had been in contact with a positive case and immediately went into self-isolation, notifying anyone he had contact with. Then a subsequent test that he took came back as positive. He says he's feeling okay and has minor symptoms or mild symptoms and will remain in isolation in his home in Monaco in, com- in- all right, the, the statement was incomplicate, but that's not really, I think he meant in compliance with the regulations set by the local health authorities. Translations are hard. Yeah. And this was as of Thursday when, when he tested positive and the big difference so when Lando tested positive, he, it dang near broke Reddit. <laughs> when Charles tested positive, there were like two posts. <laughs> it was barely a ripple in the yeah. social stream. And, and Charles is fairly popular as well and fairly popular on Reddit as well. Um, but yeah, not nearly the ripple that Lando has done. But... What's really curious, again, going back to Lando. (laughs) So Lando's known for being very, being a very prolific social media poster. Correct. He's been quiet since testing positive. Well, maybe he's not just making a butt print in the couch. Maybe he's sick. And and that's possible. That's been one of the questions of, it is very unusual for Lando Nars to go quiet on social media for any stretch of time. Is it possible they could just be making a butt print in his bed instead of the couch? Maybe his battery ran out and he can't find a charging cable. There's that possibility too. Although I suspect that whatever luxury hotel he's staying in, not that I think that there's a Motel 6 in all of Dubai to begin with, but whatever luxury hotel he's probably staying in, if he called up the concierge and said, hey, I need a new charger for my phone, their response would be, Yes, Mr. Norris, we'll get it taken care of. No, their response would be, Yes, Mr. Calrissian Norris. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't bounty hunt us. He is, no, Lando Calrissian was not a bounty hunter. He was a smuggler. Oh, sorry. Boba Fett's the smuggler. No, Boba Fett's the bounty bounty hunter. (laughs) Jeez, you, (laughs) of all people, should know better. You should know the difference between Boba Fett and Lando Calrissian. I'm sorry, I miss. I, I, my, well, my I would suggest slipped. that this is not measuring up well for your continued participation. <laughs> this is a failure of your audition. <laughs> the fail button does not work. No, anymore. it has not worked anymore. Better. Um, no, well, maybe Lando Calrissian was a smuggler, but maybe Lando Calrissian Norris is a bounty hunter. Uh, don't or maybe know. Lando Calrissian just had the influence that he could just, at the beckon of his call, he could send out several bounty hunters. You're just trying to dig yourself <laughs> out of a hole. All right. So when do we get to see testing? So... Um, the teams have agreed on a test date. And as we had mentioned a couple of weeks, actually it was last week. Um, in the second of our trifecta shows. Sec- yeah, second of the three in a row. Um, testing is being relocated to Bahrain from Barcelona. Uh, testing will be held on... Uh, Mar- I just lost it. <laughs> like March 12th through the 14th, March 11th through the 14th, something like that. They buried it in... There it is, March 12th to the 14th, which means it goes over a weekend. They buried it in a headline, honey. No, that wasn't the headline. The headline was up at the top. No, it is a sub-headline. Yeah, well, that's... And they they buried it in bold text that is larger than the the copy of the story. (laughs) I am looking at it. They buried it in a headline. 
Are you sure that you're even up to the task here, Dad? <laughs> you! Ouch! You! You need to watch you, it. You are still in a trial period. I and get remember, that, I have control. You called me out for calling Boba Fett a smuggler. Maybe I should just call you out. And for remember, me. I have control over your microphone. <laughs> okay. As you command, my lord. Thank you. Oh, my. All right, so we start off in Bahrain because our first race is also Bahrain. Yeah, that's the other thing. So the day after we published the show, with the rumor that everything was shifting around, sure enough, we got the announcement from Formula One that the calendar has shifted around. Well, that's because I made a phone call. I called my buddy and said, hey, can you get the calendar out? And they did. And as much as there is right now, quote unquote, confirmed stuff... (laughs) Everything is subject to change until an hour before the event. Kind of close to that. Actually, um, the word that I have heard is that Formula One's expectation is that as many as half of the races may still get changed this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, as we mentioned, Australia has not been canceled, but it has been postponed. It has been active, and we have a date for it too. So unlike last year, where they said, "Yeah, we're can't, we're postponing the race," and didn't set a date because we knew we weren't ever going back there, we have a date, a new date for the Australian Grand Prix. So it's been moved from March, I believe it was originally March twelfth, uh, all the way to November twenty first. Now we also have it on good authority that the weather should be perfect. In November in Australia. Yeah, we appreciate that tip, Agro. Yes. It's important that we have insider Aussie information. Yeah. Um, so, as mentioned, the season will now start assuming every... Actually, there's no reason to think that the season won't start on time. Because everyone's going to be in Bahrain for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, March 12th testing. And again... Unusually, that's going to put testing over a weekend. Okay. We haven't seen before. Normally, it's in the middle of the week. Correct. Um, each driver will, will, because it's three days, get a day and a half of driving. Okay. Not going to be great if you're a new driver to a new team. But well, you get what you get. The season will start March 28th with the Bahrain Grand Prix, and then we go right to Europe. Okay. April 18th is our next race. So we've got a big gap there. Two weeks. Two weeks. And we're going back to Imola. All right. For the Emilia Romana Grand Prix, once again. Okay. And my understanding is the reason why it is staying with Emilia Romana as opposed to um, San Marino is because uh, the Principality of San Marino has decided that they do not want to provide financial support to the organizers however the region of emilia romana is providing financial support so they get the money hey and monza still has claim to the italian grand prix okay so that's how that works may 2nd is still listed as to be confirmed okay the building rumor is that this will be portamao yay i liked portamao it was gorgeous it, it is um i guess the question there if you well actually may 2nd that gives them two weeks yeah so we don't have the time crunch that we dealt with last year so hopefully we won't have a two-day weekend <clears throat> yeah okay um from portimao we head to barcelona for the spanish grand prix okay. uh may 23rd the uh monaco grand prix june 6th azerbaijan june 13th the canadian grand prix june 27th the French Grand Prix, and I hear the groans already. And Snorefest. It's yeah. not the French Grand Prix, it's the French Snorefest. Yeah, the French nap. Yes. Um, <laughs> we'll have a little <laughs> French nap. <laughs> from Austria on June 27th, we go to, or excuse me, from France on June 27th, we go to Austria for July 4th. July 18th, the British Grand Prix. August 1st for the Hungarian Grand Prix. August 29th, the Belgian Grand Prix. September 5th, the Dutch Grand Prix. September 12th, the Italian Grand Prix. September 26th to Russia. or October 3rd to Singapore. Then Japan on October 10th. Back to the U.S. in theory. October 24th. 
on Halloween in Mexico City. Again, so now we're getting the calendars getting a little back to normal again. But from Mexico City, November 7th, Sao Paulo. Then November 21st, Australia. Um, December 5th will be the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And all the way on December 12th will be Abu Dhabi. Okay. Um, You'll notice the one thing that's missing, though. There's no China. No, there is no China. Now, our understanding, the way they have put it out there, is that China is also postponed, not canceled. But there doesn't seem to be a spot on the calendar for it. Well, yeah. And keep in mind, you did lead with half the races while they say they're confirmed. All, All confirmations are considered tentative until they can actually get closer. Yeah. Actually, today I was actually reading an article on F1world.com, and I'll get more into this article a little bit later on, but one of the things that they said was that the China Grand Prix had been um, postponed indefinitely. Yeah, and, and basically that's what we're looking at right now. But postponed even indefinitely means that they have a plan, they, they want to hold it some at some point. But looking at the calendar, there's nowhere to put it. Right. So, yeah. However, and, and even still, I don't think this really works just given the travel schedule. Um, if you recall a couple of weeks ago, we got word that F1 had agreed to a five-year deal to host, continue to host Grand Prix in uh, Sao Paulo. The Brazilian Grand Prix, which and it got renamed to the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Well, part of the reason why that renaming happened is so, as you recall, the previous deal that was in place for the Brazilian Grand Prix, Bernie Eccleston was involved in that deal. Correct. Both because he owns a partial share in the track, but also apparently he was the race promoter. Mm-hmm. And as such, there were no fees paid to Formula One for hosting that race. Was that, that was why Liberty wanted to get away from there? Was that what was up with that race? Bernie gave himself a sweetheart deal. Of course, Bernie did. Yeah. Now that agreement ran out in 2020, but again, no race last year due to the pandemic. If things happen as expected, and honestly, my expectation is it's not going to happen anyway because Brazil is going to continue to be a hot spot because you know. Their strategy to address this is la 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 la. There's no virus. There's no virus. There's no virus. Which oh. you see how effective that is. Yeah, I think that we're living through that too. It's so, worse than here. Correct. But um, anyway, so we're we're not truly <clears throat> expecting to have a, a race in Brazil. But if everything was to go as planned, what would happen? What was supposed to happen was. A deal had been reached between Formula One and uh, a newly formed company called Brazil Motorsport, which is backed by the Abu Dhabi government through its Mubadala investment arm. Now, Brazil Motorsport is headed by former Olympic sailing competitor Alan Adler, who has long been involved in promoting events in Brazil, things like rock concerts, Cirque du Soleil, PGA, uh, and even NBA preseason games. Um The change of the name to the Sao Paulo Grand Prix was because of the new level of support from the city, which was crucial to getting the deal. The city was giving money Mm -hmm. to make this happen. However, there were some legal documents that were released over this that revealed how much the city is paying, which is approximately 2.7 million pounds or 20 million Brazilian real uh, per year over the five years of the deal. Previously, public support hit extended only to payment for renovation work at Interlagos. Once that financial information was revealed, a public petition was put in to challenge it. Mm. And um, so local counselor and lawyer Ruben Nunes, who wrote on Twitter, said, F1 is important for Sao Paulo and for Brazil. I'm a fan, but that does not authorize the city to... the city to enter into contracts without a bid under secrecy 
and with a company with no expertise in the area created a few days ago for this. And as a result of that action, of that petition, Judge Emilio Migliano Neto suspended the contract pending further investigation. So as of right now, there is no Sao Paulo Grand Prix pending a legal investigation. Oh, my. Yeah. So that could potentially, I mean, I guess, you know, you go from Mexico City to Shanghai to Australia. I guess that would work. Yeah, you could do that because they typically go Australia to Shanghai. So that hop is yeah. not that odd. It's a Mexico to Shanghai is a little long, but we'll see. But everything is going to be in flux yeah. because we don't know where the hot spot is going to be tomorrow yeah so i heard that our newest trial member has a rumor yes there's been a rumor circulating around that um the street races um like azerbaijan monaco um and some other one that i can't remember the name of off the top of my singapore and saudi arabia Okay, thank you. We're about we're going to be dropped off the calendar. Why would they drop them off the calendar? Pandemic. Have so, you ever watched something called the news, my good friend? So because of the pandemic, we can't drive on the streets. Um, no, it's more they're worried about people being together, and even if they were to host the races um without crowds, they they don't want um the team the teams to be risking getting the coronavirus or, or anything like that. Well, I think the bigger thing is compared to an actual track in a street race, it's harder to hold one of those without spectators. Because and you oh, can't the, control a crowd, the, in, the be, introduction be, of the crowd. The, the crowds are, are, are a bit more difficult to keep away, combined with the fact that if you're in a city, do you want to close the streets for you know a big event like this and not have the crowds there? Because you're not getting the financial benefit of shutting down a significant portion of your city. And you also are putting um, blocking off streets that could be absolutely vital for first responders as well. Okay, but... However... What's reality? Um, F1 has come out and said that these rumors are all completely um, wrong. And that the at the moment, these tracks are not going to be dropped off the calendar due to any complications with the pandemic. However, this could also just be just something at the moment, and it could just be changed at last minute, like an hour before the race. Well, I, I think I think this is one of those situations where the truth is that both sides are likely correct here. Yes, as of right now, Formula One has absolutely no plans to cancel those races. And yes, as of right now, those races are in jeopardy of cancellation due to concerns over the virus and... The, the willingness of the host cities to host these events without spectators in attendance. So I think the reality here is that both of these are correct. But it's a rumor at this point. Nothing has been officially decided. Um, I did even see so far as a rumor um, claiming that not only is Monaco going to get canceled, but that Istanbul Park had already been identified and designated as a potential replacement but again rumor okay well i mean again i go back to until we are truly probably a couple of years past all of this we're not going to have a good confidence level in what the calendar looks like until we're a lot closer now as you Mm -hmm. think i do i've been teasing that it's going to be an hour before the race but I do believe that Formula One learned their lesson with Australia last year. Yeah. They're going to be a little bit more proactive with as the things change and as cancellations have to happen or proactive in how they <clears throat> control the crowds to be able to pull off the races. Because at the end of the day, they want to have a full season. Well, um, it, there's a lot that has changed since Australia last year. 
I mean, if you, you really think about it, they didn't have any COVID protocols in Australia last year. Correct. They didn't have the bubbles set up. They didn't have all the various pieces where, you know, if a driver got sick, it didn't compromise the entire team. It didn't put the entire paddock at risk. That was the concern. That was the challenge in Australia. They were doing all of the normal stuff that they had done and... Ever since Austria of last year, Formula One has operated completely differently. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it'll be very interesting to see how the the calendar truly shakes out as we get closer, as the vaccine starts rolling out, as people feel more comfortable being in spaces again. Mm-hmm. So there's other news beyond the calendar, right? Yeah. The, the other really big shocker that happened was... Um, right after, actually it was after we recorded before we had published the show, word came out last Monday that Cyril Abitbull was leaving Renault. Okay. I was utterly shocked by this, mostly because I really thought the next story about Cyril was going to be where his tattoo was and what it was. Well, there, there was that too. And you weren't the only one because if you remember what was actually supposed to have happened what everybody expected what had originally been announced was that Cyril was taking over not just the the rebranded Alpine team but also taking over the entire Alpine division or Alpine division of Renault Mm -hmm. and instead he's up and walked away I it was it was stunning I got the text and I was like what Mm -hmm. um so I'm a That's little everyone's response. And I don't fully understand why. I'm kind of hoping mm-hmm. that you have some deep intel and I'm looking at your face going, you have nothing. N- nobody knows where this came from. This hit everybody out of the blue. We we don't know why this happened. This doesn't appear to be internal politics of some sort. Just Cyril decided to up and go. Well, I don't have contacts with Cyril, so I can't pick up the phone. Yeah. This this disturbs me. So if any of my friends know Cyril or Cyril's people, or maybe go talk to Alan Prost. I don't. I, I don't talk to Alan. I don't it's either. Because he bores the he bores the hell out of me. I can't, I can't listen to him. I fall asleep. <laughs> you know they call him the professor for a reason, and since they call him the professor, I think of all of my college professors that I used to fall asleep in their classes. So. so Alpine, but Alpine does have leadership, right? They, they have leadership. Um, so first of all, the expectation is that Marcin Budkowski is going to move into Cyril's role as... Um, actually, I don't... I think Marcin is currently the executive director. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who, what exactly... Cyril's title was because it wasn't team principal it was more than just team principal right yeah a bit bull's position is team principal and then the piece for Alpine as well um so right now team principal is vacant oh should I apply well you you have to be more qualified than Marcin Budkowski well, I don't know. I have to check his LinkedIn to see how... And and remember, Marcin Budkowski, one of the big pieces of his qualification, which is why every... And we talked about this. was why everybody was so pissed off about him going there. Was that his previous job before he re- went to Renault was the head of, of the technical regulation, the technical working group for single-seater open-wheel Formula One racing at the FIA. Right. Which meant he knew what everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. Now you remember. Yes. That's going to be a hard compete. Yeah. I mean, let me think about what what's on my resume that would possibly compete with that. Um, I spoke in Australia. Yeah, but you did not speak about Formula One. No. You didn't even mention Daniel Ricciardo. Weird question, but what's what's expected from this job position? 
Team principal? Mm-hmm. You watch Formula One, right? Yes, I do. I just want to educate some of the, our viewers that probably don't know what, what this position does as to what it does. They're the boss dude. Okay. So this is the equivalent of Otmar Safnauer's position. This is the equivalent of Christian Horner's position, Toto Wolf. So I would strongly suggest that the qualifications are the ability to talk to reporters know what and say you're nothing. Talking about. Know what you're talking about, but then say nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Understand how a car works. It, all the various bits and pieces that are needed to make the car work. Team organization and management skills know how to attract sponsors oh mom's perfect for this position (laughs) know how to attract drivers mom's mom knows how to do that really yes i stood on the pit wall at mid ohio and i called over drivers and said hey come here and they came i can attract drivers at least she wasn't (laughs) one who nearly got ran over by a driver at mid ohio Former Formula One drivers, no less. Well, yeah. On Razor scooters. Yeah. Um, anyway. So what has been appointed at, at uh, Renault? And actually, the word of this came out, although the announcement only came out about a day ago. The rumors came out about this before the announcement that Sarah was leaving. Mm. Um, they have named a racing director. David Brivio will be joining the team from Suzuki MotoGP as the racing director. Okay. Now, what I can't figure out is the racing director reports to directly to the CEO, Laurent Rossi, Renault's CPO, uh, CEO. Okay. As does the team principal. Okay. So I'm not sure what the difference is between the two roles and how they fit in. You know, is this is this a co-CEO position or what? Maybe they're not going to have a team principal. Maybe they will just have this racing director. Word is that they're still looking for somebody to take the team principal role. And they have not ruled out Marson to take on that role. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I just figured out what one of my other disqualifiers are going to be for this role. Okay. My French is not very good. No, it's not. I thought you took French in high school. That's why my French is not very good. (laughs) She knows enough French to navigate through the Charles de Gaulle airport, which shockingly is more French than you would think you would need. (laughs) Being that it's an airport, but it's Charles de Gaulle, and that's a whole other... I knew enough French to be able to yell yell at a taxi driver. I don't recall that, but okay. He was late getting us to Charles de Gaulle when we went to Paris. Oh, he was... That was a different whole whole other thing. Anyway. Anyway. So, tell me about Alpine. I mean, obviously, with their new management, they are going to be hitting the ground running. Well, all we know is that they're going to unveil its A521 Formula One car next month. So, February, not March. Okay. We don't know exactly when, but in February, sometime in February. They got 28 days to pick. Possibly when you least expect it. That's when they're going to reveal the car. No, no, no. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Everyone expects a car launch. But but you don't know when it's going to happen in February. (laughs) You just expect it to happen in February. You're just not sure when in February. So the only way for it to be the one I least expect it is if it, it was launched in March. Okay. Anyway, so they're launching it in February. They got 28 days to pick from. Mm-hmm. They can pick their own day. So they quote unquote tease delivery. Okay. It's black. No, it's not going to be black. No, the, the livery that they teased was black. But the delivery they're going to have is not going to be black. Yeah, I don't think the delivery. The, the only thing that I think we're going to see from this livery is the sponsors. That's about it. Well, I don't know. It's got some like French flag thing going on there. I think we'll have a little French flag. Well, you'll you'll probably have some blue, white, and red in there in general. But beyond that, I think, yeah, it's the sponsors and the A is all you're going to have from the teased version. Okay. Now, where the A521 comes from. Um, 
I, I, hey, can I guess? <clears throat> okay. So the A is for Alpine. Well, I'm glad you figured that one out. The 21 at the end is the year. Yeah. And the five... 500 refers to the F1, pro- not just the F1 project, but apparently in 1975, and I don't know why 1975 is the big deal, but 1975, their prototype car was the A500, which, by the way, was black. Oh. History. So, History. Yeah, but it was the The 70s. circle of life. It was the 70s. <laughs> Nobody listens to the 70s. It was not a good year. You know who else we probably shouldn't be listening to right now? Uh, At least on this particular topic. Bernie Eccleston. Well, he's one we should never listen to at this point. So Franz Toast, of all people. But he's always been a fairly reliable source. He has been, but he's turned out and he said something that's been particularly ridiculous. Okay. He says that um, he doubts that Red Bull would be willing to let um, Pierre Gasly leave Alpha Tori easily. Acknowledging that, you know, he continues to perform the way he is, there's going to be increased interest from the other teams. He says that he doesn't think Red Bull's going to let him go. But why? They don't want him at the top team. They've told him that. Well, see, Fran, Fran seems to think otherwise. That, you know, they've invested a lot of time and effort and money into him. And at some point, they're going to want him back to go in and pay off that investment. And... um no. No. Franz doesn't want him to go because he's actually performing for his team. Well, there's that. There's also the fact, as we have mentioned many times in the past, the well of drivers in the Red Bull Young Driver program is... Um, it's shallow. Fairly empty right it's, now. It, it's shallow. I mean, yeah. the boy has been trying to interview with their young driver program. Yeah, yeah keep... I, I would have thought that they would have totally let me in. Yeah. I just wrote super on my driver's license and I, I thought totally... It didn't work for your mother. It's not working for you. Wait, what? But, but he has young. I mean, his, his credentials are he's a driver and he's young. I got spunk. Alrighty. So, all I will say is, you know, Red Bull has had such amazing success retaining their last three most promising drivers. You mean amazingly bad success? Well, let's see. Carlos Sainz is gone. Daniel Ricciardo is gone. Sebastian Vettel is gone. But they have Verstappen. They do have Verstappen, but I suspect that should a Mercedes or a Ferrari pick up the phone and call Max, he'd probably pack up his toys and leave too. Well, of course. I wouldn't say so with Ferrari. You've seen how well they've been performing, and by well, I mean not at all. It would not be a career-enhancing maneuver for Verstappen to leave Red Bull right this second for the Ferrari that happened last year. Yeah. But, and quite frankly, I do not think that Mercedes would have any interest in the personality that is Verstappen. I don't see that working in their organization. I don't, I don't think so either. I um, think that's going to be a personality problem. Yeah, I, I don't think that intensity would fit in well there. But to kind of close the topic on Gasly. Mm-hmm. While I get that he may never rise to be a top-tier team driver, he's a good driver, and he's certainly matured in his little world. He has. And perhaps he will get out of the the swirl that is the Red Bull world and be able to stand on his own. And I, I, I would encourage some mid-pack team to pick him up if, you know, they can do that. Yeah, and, and th- there's the other piece that, you know, contracts in formula one are just barely worth the paper that they're written on contracts are made to be broken in formula one correct hashtag sergio Perez, for example was discharged from aston martin um but well yeah via an exit clause on his contract correct 
but he's picked up a top tier team as a result. So we can't really feel sorry for Chuck. He hasn't I can't really lost out. Fully feel, I I have to be that one person being the exception, being the one one that person who has to be different than everyone else, who actually does feel sorry for Perez because Mike I mentioned 2013 Sergio Perez when he was with McLaren, and he he did not do very well with McLaren at all. He he didn't. And based on that, it, it could be very questionable as to what's going to happen. Um, but I don't think really that the expectation is that Sergio is going to be challenging for wins and is going to be the next world champion at Red Bull. It's that they want him to they want perform him to, better than Alex. They want him to backstop Verstappen. They want him to backstop so that Verstappen get be able to push and get second, Perez pick up third. Verstappen spin out and not complete a race, Perez is there to, to sweep in and pick up the podium that Verstappen <coughs> opened up. That's what they need. That's what Alex Albon could not do. And Perez of 2013 is not Perez of 2020. He's matured and he's grown up. And him going, he was too young and he came up too fast. It's time for him to get a shot at the majors. So I think he's going to be, I think it will be a very interesting dynamic to see what happens to him in Red Bull. So 2021 was supposed to be a major shift, but it got it's not happening. pushed off. Yeah. Um, so we do have some things that are changing for 2021. There right? are, there are a few. So first off, you know what's come, what's being carried over into twenty twenty one. Um, predominantly, it's the chassis, which is the survival cell and the roll structures. There's some suspension components and crash structures. Um, so essentially, this is these are B spec cars. Okay. So they're you know it, it's very closely based on what we've already seen. Um, now teams are allowed to make limited cha- changes to those components through the use of the token system. Again, so we're we're back to that. If you remember, we had that. What was it? Twenty thirteen mm, was tokens 2014. or twenty fourteen tokens. Um, each team has two tokens that they're able to use to make changes, and the FIA technical regulations give the details on which parts need tokens to change, and how many t- uh, teams or how teams must exchange the tokens to develop the area. Okay. Um, the survival cell is split into two parts. Each half requires two tokens to develop. Teams may decide that either the front or the rear section of it needs further development. Um, there are some situations where the tokens don't apply and changes can be made to the front crash structure if those modifications only affect the nose fairings. Um, if teams spend both tokens in a specific area, then all other parts of the car that require tokens to develop have to be carried forward in 2021. Okay. Um, Teams that use 2019 parts, because they're customer teams, like Racing Point or Alpha Tori, will be allowed to upgrade to 2020 specifications without expending any tokens, because they're still a year behind. Okay. Okay. Um, Areas that are free to develop, no tokens needed. Aerodynamics and power unit are the key areas that can continue to be developed. However, the power unit must be frozen in its current specification once it has been homologated. Okay. So that's, I think, just before testing or just after testing, you submit it for homologation. What's homologation? Basically that you send it over and say, we're not messing with it anymore. Okay. It's the easiest way to put that. Somebody pokes it in the center <clears throat> of the engine belly and it goes, <laughs> it's dying. Like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. So anyway, this means that the usual air, not the, not the homologation part. The <laughs> other part means that aerodynamic changes throughout the season will remain in place if the team has the budget to develop those areas. So you'll still see potentially new front wings at some point, new fins and new tail wings and and things like, if the budget is there. Um, There's also some required aerodynamic changes for next year to reduce the overall downforce. That was done uh, to assist Pirelli, um, basically to avoid the blowouts. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so they're reducing downforce to do it. Um, where was it? So the new aerodynamic rules are that the rear corner of the floor between the back of the survival cell and the rear axle will be cut to limit the overall downforce. Um, this gets rid of a lot of the slots and cuts that you've seen in that general area. Most of that goes away. Um, those were done to allow the airflow to drift outwards and basically protect the rear diffuser so that you can have the turbulent air going back and give them more more, um, more downforce. Um, losing those that uh, pumps more turbulent air into the diffuser, which also loses 50 millimeters from the internal fences that break up the diffuser and control the airflow. So the diffuser will be less effective, produce less downforce, and reduce the overall load on the tires. Okay, but <clears throat> help me out here. Okay. Without getting too technical. Mm-hmm. In order to pass, you needed increased downforce. You need because in- you need to be suctioned down to the to the ground. Right. And now we're taking so we've been spending a couple of years now increasing the downforce with the idea that that could help passing, and now we're going to be removing the downforce that we've been adding to help the tires not explode. Which I'm all for tires not exploding. <laughs> I mean, let's just be clear. But explain to me how that's not going to negatively impact passing and or racing. Well, there's one other piece here. So overall, the expectation is that this will reduce about 10% of the overall downforce on the car. Okay. 10% seems like a lot. However, there's also a general consensus that... There's enough really smart aerodynamics folks in at most Formula One teams that they can figure out how to get that ten percent back in other parts of the car. Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just have yeah. to put Adrian Newey on the problem and mm-hmm. we will have our we'll have twenty percent gained for ten percent lost. So changes that we're expecting to happen in twenty twenty one or fairly certain are going to happen. One guaranteed, McLaren is reworking the rear end of their car because, well, they need to fit a Mercedes power uh, unit in the back. So they got to put a Mercedes power <clears throat> unit where a Renault unit used to live. Right. Well, they've done that before where they've had to change from a Mercedes to a Honda. Yeah. So. And, and but here's the thing. So, yeah, they, they made that change. Hopefully they will not make the same mistakes because remember, one of the problems that McLaren's philosophy had done was they went with this t- super tight design mm-hmm. that compromised the cooling airflow to the engine. I thought that was the Honda thing that they wanted that super tight design. No, that was apparently McLaren's decision to do that. Oh, bad decision. Don't do yeah. that again. Um, also expecting Ferrari to introduce a new engine for 2021 that possibly doesn't get performance from burning oil. Um, and it's, also, it's not a cheater engine? Uh, in theory, it's not. But they're expected to make changes to the rear end of the car in order to accommodate that as well. Oh. So we don't know. I mean, it can't be that much bigger. but It's that extra oil uh, gas tank that they've got. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Okay. I don't know. Now, the, the last story, again, going back to the rumors and mm-hmm. responding to rumors. So towards the end of last week, actually, no, it was middle of last week, rumors started to pop up on social media that um, Formula One and the teams were considering postponing the rule change again. So the expected rule change that we thought we were going to have in 2021 got pushed to 2022 because of COVID. There was rumbling that maybe we'd be pushing the rules to 2023 now. Oh, my. Um, Formula One has come out and said that they remain fully committed to introducing all of the regulations next year. um, And there is no plan to delay the introduction of the rules. That's important because I think a lot of the teams are counting on that rule shift to di- be a disrupting year again 
so that because Mercedes doesn't want to stay with these rules any any longer longer at this point. But Mercedes has been dominant with this rule set. They Mm -hmm. need a disruption year with the rule shift to either confirm or have a change of power. But the thing is, two years ago was supposed to be a rule change that was supposed to be disrupting to set Mercedes back. And it didn't happen. No. And I think it was two years before that was supposed to be a rule change that was supposed to be disruptive to knock Mercedes off their dominance and and to to give everyone a fighting chance. That didn't happen. Two years ago, two years before that was a rule change to knock um, Red Bull off of their dominance. And and that happened. That that, that happened. (laughs) That actually happened. That actually happened. But that was also a big change in the power. Well, and that's the thing is the power itself has not changed Mm -hmm. dramatically in all of these years that Mercedes has stayed dominant. It's the question of these 2022, the formerly 2021 regulations. If does it change the power unit drastically no. enough? No, there's no. Ch- this this isn't a power unit change. That's about the only thing in the 2022 rules that isn't changing is the power unit. Well, but it is. A, I mean, it is a fairly dramatic rework of the car and how the car functions including tire size well yes and i mean i will admit i have not gotten through all of the technical regulations yet you know how i like to read through every line item and understand where all of the parts of the car should live well that's because you keep getting stuck in the tire section no it's because you keep talking about the tire section and on that note (laughs) We'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Whew.